Hello and welcome to Weeb Spawn, where we talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host Bobby, and with me is Joshua. Hello Bobby, glad to be doing another episode. And today's episode, we are going to be talking about the Attack on Titan Season 1. And as always, spoilers ahead. The Attack on Titan manga was written and illustrated by Hajime Isayama. It ran in Kodansha's Shonen Magazine from September of 2009 to April of 2021, ending with a total of 34 volumes. The manga was turned into an anime and first aired on April 7th of 2013. The first three seasons were produced by Wit Studios, while the last season was produced by MAPPA, which will, I will say was a huge improvement on animation. Didn't even know that improvement was needed, but it definitely was. Personal opinion. Overall, the series has had a lot of success with over 100 million manga copies sold, landing in a spot among the best-selling manga as well as having a spin-off manga and video game produced. I believe they've had a few spin-off mangas. There's Before the Fall, There's they have their like um, high school version like every successful manga does, and then they had another <laughs> one that I can't remember the name of. But they also had Is that the high school one the chibi one you're talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. Okay. And uh, they also had that video game. The success has been shown through many awards, such as the Kodansha Manga Award, the Attilo Micheluzzi Award. Don't know if I said that right. I don't speak Italian. If I think it's Italian. <laughs> and the Harvey Award. So they were pretty successful and very popular. And if you have any um, anime or manga-related sources on social media... Season 4 has blown up all over social media when it was first aired, so uh, you've probably seen that it's been pretty hyped lately. The only thing I'm going to say is, if the video game is the video game I saw back in like <laughs> 2015, holy shit was that game trash. I'm well, sorry. Yeah, I've, I actually don't <laughs> know. I've never really seen much about the video game. I know that Gmod, Gary's Mod, used to have... Maybe that's the one I saw. Yeah, they used to have a like a side game for it. I don't know if the actual game is any better, but I would hope so. I think it's probably Gmod that because now that you say that the graphics I'm remembering are very Gmod esque. So it was it. probably a Gmod thing. I played it. It was so bad. It was I watched. Yeah, I watched one of my friends play, it, and I'm just like, oh my god, like. I but think, I'm pretty sure now thinking back on it, I'm pretty sure it was just a Gmod thing. Yeah, I think I played it for probably like five minutes. I played as a scout and then I played as a titan. Both were absolutely terrible. Would never do it. Never do it again. <laughs> well, enough about the that. <laughs> Let's actually get on with the actual season. So, the story takes place in a city that is completely surrounded by three giant walls known as Wall Maria. Wall Rose and Wall Sheena. These walls protect the citizens from giant man-eating titans that roam freely on the other side. The average person hasn't even seen a titan nor had they needed to worry about titans because the walls provide protection. But everything changes when the Fire Nation attacked. 
just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was listening. I'm like, wait a second. What? What, what is this episode about? <laughs> but everything changes the day the colossal titan appears. A massive 50-meter-tall titan appears and destroys part of the wall that was protecting the citizens. From that day on, life changes. Yeah. It was very... I feel like it's a very different type of manga or type of anime when it came out. It was different than anything like I've seen before. So I was basically hooked from the very beginning, right when that Colossal Titan appeared. But for some a little bit of inspiration for the the show itself, in an interview, Isayama revealed that a piece of inspiration for the Attack on Titan series was from a video game called Now, I don't know if it's like M-U-V-L-U-S, or if it's pronounced Muvlus, no idea. I've never heard of this game, but it's like Muvlus Alternative, which I guess is about aliens taking over Earth. Yeah, I know not a whole lot about this game, nor do I even know how to pronounce it, but apparently it's very similar to the Attack on Titan premise. So he took that idea and changed it to Titans, and basically from there, the story is history he grew his story over years and it started to evolve and he added the three giant walls that we would we know today in the show that would protect humanity because originally i guess he had it as a bunch of trees like a giant forest that was so dense that titans couldn't get through it but he eventually changed it and adapted it to walls so as the story evolved he also had his art style that he developed and that also slowly evolved as he went through. So he stated that his art style, he went for more of a Dragon Quest type art style in his manga because he admits he did this because he didn't have great drawing skills. So he just kind of went with what he could do. So he couldn't draw a very realistic world, but he definitely started to improve over over the years after drawing chapter after chapter. He started getting better and... As we all know today, like if you've seen any of the older manga versus the newer, you can definitely see how his art style has changed from the start to the finish. So it's a it was a cool little thing to read about how he went from square one all the way to where he is today. I've never played Dragon Quest, so I can't really tell if the inspiration behind that. that but that is kind of cool to know that he's somewhat based on Dragon mm-hmm. Quest then. I have to say, when I first saw the anime, it's not... Okay, so, spoiler alert for another anime, um, Akame Got Kill. Uh, If you guys are interested in that one, don't listen to what I'm about to say. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, (laughs) spoiler alert. Okay, so if you continue listening, not my fault. So this isn't the first anime I watched that, like, characters die and even like main characters die because i didn't i started watching it i think either after season one had already been out or like half of it was already out like up to season or episode like seven or eight and i was in college at the time and i had a lot of people who watched anime and everything and they told me oh you should watch this I like it because, like, everyone you like dies. I'm like, what? Like, 
What? Why? Why do you like an anime where characters you like die? And I didn't like. I didn't fully understand it until I started watching it, and I was just like, "Wow, they're really not afraid to kill off people. This is interesting." Because normally, like, you get set characters, and then, like, you're like, "Oh, plot armor." There's no such thing as plot armor in this. Besides maybe one incident in season one. But I, but that's more plot moving forward, not plot armor. But I just really thought it was different because it was also... I always love or enjoy apocalyptic stories. And like everything is always about zombies or some variant zombie or some variant of a virus takes over a body and that's what like causes them like infection and all this stuff but this wasn't an infection quote unquote it was titans it was something like completely different from what is threatening humanity so i thought that was a cool take and the fact that they're i'm just wondering how they built the walls in the first place always in Mm -hmm. stories like this it's always like well how did you get the first walls right. Like, well, it's a giant-ass <laughs> wall. How are you about to build these when titans are walking around? But other than that, it, I thought it was, like like I said, a very unique, different way to take on, like, the apocalyptic style or story written. So it kind of hooked me just from that. And honestly, it hasn't really stopped. Yeah, I'm pretty similar. I really enjoyed how much death was in this show other than death note this was probably one of my first dark animes that i watched and probably the first gory ones because death note really didn't have gore it was just killing people this one was definitely brutal and that's why i liked it it was had a very mature theme to it it was creepy because the titans are just so disproportionate in some cases and they some of them had these creepy smiles to them they have no emotion. It's just they're brutal monsters that just devour mankind, and I love it. So it had a bit of suspense as well because some of those uh, titans move pretty slow. So as they're coming to you, you're like, oh, fuck. So the titans themselves were enough to keep me going through this show, and that's one of the main focuses of it. So I guess that's pretty good. So they're the main enemy to the human race. And the very existence meant that humanity would really never be safe. Plus the way that they were drawn, it's just perfect. So the overall group factors kept me going. And then I think the story itself was pretty unique. I don't know many other anime that had this type of threat to humanity with the humanity basically a caged animal. And the threat is on the outside running free. So yeah, this was a pretty cool one because like Tokyo Ghoul has a threat to humanity, but the threat is just all around. It's kind of like vampires. Um, there's a ton that have sort of similar themes, but this one was really a bird in, like or a mouse in a trap or a bird in a cage. So that made it sort of unique. And you're trying to figure out like how are they going to get out of this scenario? What is going to change to break them free of this snare? And one thing when you mentioned the, like, Titans, whenever it showed, like, those zoom-in blue screen faces, those those were the ones that always creeped me out. Mm-hmm. I yeah. forget when it first happened, but, like, 
whenever they really wanted to give you that creep factor, they would zoom in on like a face or one of the titans and always had this like blue tint to them. And it was just like, yeah, I would not want to face that. <laughs> yeah. This is one of those. We talked about this a little before we started recording. This is one of those worlds that a hypothetical of you're hypothetically in this world. That is a hypothetical that no one wants to be in like ever. Like you could be like, oh, I want to be in Naruto, which is fine. Like the world's at war in Naruto, but people have ninjutsu. You have a chance to fight back. This one, it's like, all right, I'm a powerless human against creatures that are four or five times taller than me. How do I get out of this scenario? This is not a good place to live. No, not at all. I would never pick this. (laughs) This is like when you go to roulette, bet everything on black, and then it's red. And you're like, fuck. Yep. So, anyways, enough about what we think. Let's actually talk about what the actual story is for those of you who surprisingly haven't heard or know anything really about this. We start the show off by following a young boy named Aaron Yeager. He seems to live a normal life within the city walls. <laughs> but as any wandering mind would, Aaron imagines what life beyond the walls would be like and what mysteries awaits them just beyond them. Because you have to realize a lot of people never step foot out of these walls because obviously of the Titans. Everyone knows about the Titans, so of course kids have their wanderlust. They want to know what's out beyond and then you probably got those conspiracy theorists it's like has any of us seen a titan how do we know there are titans out there it's probably a lot of those people i would be like bitch you go out there then (laughs) simple as that why are you still in here then (laughs) it's like i haven't seen a ghost but i'm not gonna do a seance (laughs) (laughs) but because of this he decides that he will join the military and join the scouts regiment the only regiment that travels beyond the walls as we see the scouts leave the wall laws with large numbers, but whenever they return, they have massive casualties. But this doesn't deter Aaron. After some time passes, Aaron and his two friends, Mikasa and Armin, are with each other in the streets of town when tragedy strikes. The life of those within the wall will change forever as a titan known as the Colossal Titan appears. He is over 60 meters tall and is standing looking over the wall. After a brief moment, he kicks a large hole in the wall, and hundreds of titans come flooding in. The kids obviously run home, only to find that Aaron's house had collapsed from the rubble, crushing it, and his mother was stuck underneath. At this point, the titans are flooding the streets, and they need to leave. A police officer, a military police officer that knows Aaron and his friends, forces them to leave their mother behind. As they leave, Aaron watches a tall, blonde, smiling titan pick up his mother and eats her. Hmm. I don't know why, but just something about that titan that ate Aaron's mother just rubbed me the wrong way. Like, she was unusually creepy compared to the others. Like, it might have been the smile that scaled up the creep factor or maybe her proportions. I don't know, but it was difficult to get out of my head. She just was absolutely creepy she walked up very slowly smiling the entire time it's almost like she knew exactly what she was doing and she picked up the house grabbed his mother and just snacked on her like she was a handful of chips or something it was pretty intense but what i really want to say about this whole thing is 
the, this first scene, like just knowing the numbers, makes this a little more difficult to understand because, like, we know that the colossal titan is fifty meters tall from the cards, like the screen cards or whatever that they are called when it goes to commercial break. It gives you a little tidbit of information. Talks about the wall being over 50 meters tall and the t- colossal 60 meters tall. But the numbers never sit right in my head because he is absolutely giant when it comes to the visuals on the show. So they state that it's 50 meters tall, which or he, he's six, 60 meters tall, which is about 200 feet in freedom units. So if you're here in America, we got those freedom units. If you compare it to the wall to the buildings, if you compare the wall to the buildings, the wall has to be fucking huge because you imagine a, a normal-sized two-story building is like 20 feet, and this wall looks like it's like 1,000 feet. It's just massive. So that's my only big gripe about this is that I think the Titans – look much bigger than they are and it's to add more fear to it because a like like a five meter titan isn't actually that big compared to a person like it is big because it'd be like a person that's standing two and a half people tall but they seem to be scaled much more differently in the show so i think they should have just changed the numbers to reflect that a little better but that's my personal opinion yeah, I don't know if you felt the same way with this. About his size? Yeah, like like the Titans. So, because, I don't know, maybe I'm just, like, looking too deep into it. But the Colossal Titan is supposed to only be, like, 50 feet taller than the Statue of Liberty without her pedestal. And the Statue of Liberty actually isn't that tall. I don't know. I just think the Titans are too... The, the numbers are too small. I'm just looking into it because uh, I, I think I'm just being too uh, detailed about it. I mean, it does make sense because, like like you said, he is supposed to be the Colossal Titan, so you would want him to be, like, huge. But I guess at the same time, you can't make him too huge because then it's more like... what. What's the word I'm trying to look for? If it's, like, too big, then it's just not... Um, I'm really... I'm really brain farting on this word. But it just wouldn't work, basically. Because if he was, let's say, like, three times the size, and his foot could just crush the wall, then it comes to a factor, like, well, if he's that big, why didn't he just, like do a belly smacker on the whole town and just kill everyone instantly. So there had to be like a size constraint while also being intimidating. But I also think that the just from the show that it's just going to look bigger than it really is. Because if you're a person and you look up at the wall, now this could, I could be stretching it out from here on. But... It could just look massive to you because you have to think you were born and raised here. So all you know are walls. So this wall will probably seem higher than it really is. Because if for some reason they met a so like a village outside that had normal humans that were just living and for, save for some reason they didn't even know about Titans. 
If you ex- like talk to them, they're ask, oh, where you live? You explain it to them that you live within these walls. How tall these walls are would probably be exaggerated, or at least they'll think they're exaggerated. So I think maybe from a story point telling, that's why it looks like the scaling is like that. Because it's almost because we're in the perspective of Aaron Yeager. So the walls seem bigger than they are. But I could be overstretching this. I could just be thinking more of a story point telling. You know, that's that's a good point. Because I guess from my perspective of the episode itself, I'm going to use Cedar Point as an example since it's uh, kind of within our, our local range of our hometown. When I thought of the Colossal Titan, I thought he was like as tall as the top thrill dragster. So, and that's like 450 feet tall or something like that. But he's less than half the height, so he just... Looking at the top throw dragster, that's about the height I expect the, the walls to be. But I, I do like your your thought of it. They are in this very primitive town because it's very um like 17th century-like. So that's not... The buildings aren't insanely tall. So these walls are towering their buildings. So there does have that exaggeration of, okay, it is at least a few buildings taller than our tallest building. So it's probably just a giant ass wall. So that's a that's a good point. Plus it adds drama to the sheer fear and size of Titans. So I'll I'll concede. I'll give you that <laughs> one. <laughs> so with this first episode, it took place in the city or the district of Shiganshina, which was a walled district that's jutting out of the first wall, which was Wall Maria. So it's basically this major city that holds ba- almost the entire population that lives within this area. So think of it like New York. It holds a large population, and the rest of New York, the state of New York, is a lot of just little towns here and there. It's very small in comparison to New York City. So that's basically what Shiganshina is, and that's the one that just got kicked in. So this huge amount of people now have nowhere to live. And the only way they can go is further into the wall, which is countryside, which isn't too big much. That's not a big deal. It's a giant countryside. It can hold a lot of people. So not the worst outcome. So as they're running from these Titans trying to get in, people are flooding through. They're making it to safety. Things don't go smoothly. The the Titans don't want this to happen. So another Titan appears as everyone's flooding through the safety gates. And this one is known as the Armored Titan. It is, I think, only like 10 meters tall. So it's definitely not as big as the Colossal Titan. But as the name suggests, he is armored. So he has pure destructive power just with what he's wearing. So he charges at this gate and... He destroys destroys it. So the thing that was supposed to protect these refugees in the countryside is no longer there. So now, between this countryside, Wall Maria, and the other wall, which is Wall Rose, is no longer safe. The Titans can flood in there. There's no protection. So all of these... So imagine New York City getting bombarded and... Everyone needs to flee. 
and they all now need to flee into another city like Chicago. So you're cramming two giant cities into one city. So this caused a lot of tension between the classes. The lower class refugees that flooded in caused a lot of resources to be used up. And now there's a farmland shortage. So the refugees were forced to either choose to become farmers or soldiers just to deal with the influx of people. They had to move them. They had to do something to keep up with the food supply. So Aaron and company, all his friends, decide to become soldiers because kids want to protect their country. So they, they, we can breeze through the training episodes because there was a few of them, not really that important, but I think it was important to kind of lay the groundwork of what was going on in the inner cities because there's a lot of conflict that goes on within the show. We probably won't talk about that all too much, but there's a lot of social unrest within the show. But there's a lot of titans too, so that's uh, what we'll mainly focus on. So basically during the training, just a brief, quickly go over it. Aaron's training, he sucks. Mikasa is really strong and just as a natural at training. Eventually Aaron does his whole main character thing. He gets like, oh, I'm going to power through this and be a really good soldier. So he does and he becomes a very, um, very good soldier. So... During the training, we meet normal, interesting characters that we'll see throughout the show, like Sasha, Jean, Reiner, Bertholdt, Annie, and a few others. And then during the training, Aaron also has these weird flashbacks of his father and a locked basement door. And that about sums up the first, like, six episodes of the show. That basement door is a... Very important part. That never goes away. Yeah, that's why I had to mention <laughs> that. That that pops up a few times. That one is definitely worth mentioning. Can't breeze over that one. And then one thing uh, I do want to mention is that obviously with the whole like Titans coming in and whatnot, this just kind of already solidified that Aaron wanted to become a scout. And then it kind of shows how Aaron and friends... I think it's during the first few that you see how, like, why Mikasa is so protective of Eren. Mm-hmm. I believe it was during the first few episodes. It's been a while since I've seen season one, so I don't remember the exact episode <laughs> order. I know what happens. I just don't know the order, especially when it comes to flashbacks, because it, it's like it doesn't pertain to the storyline. Right. But we learned that Mikasa is very protective of Eren and that like when he gets beaten up in the training section she throws her partner over and it was like hey why don't you teach me some of those moves <laughs> like bitch you just fucked up my boy come on <laughs> but i also just liked it because you did kind of get to meet the crew even like the side characters you got to meet some people and kind of like how i always mentioned spoilers earlier about just don't get too attached to people. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't. Because they won't stay attached to themselves. <laughs> oh, boy. That joke. <laughs> yeah. So, after the training, after five years, five years of training, the new scouts get assigned to the Tross District, a district that is connected to the second wall, Wall Rose. Of course, like any old 
anime, nothing goes smoothly. The Colossal Titan once again makes an appearance and kicks the gate in, just like in Shiganshia. Shiganshia. Before the scouts can fully retaliate, the Colossal Titan disappears into steam. As the Titans enter the wall, each soldier is getting picked off one by one. Aaron even loses a leg, and Armin is shocked and paralyzed in fear as he watches one after one of his comrades are instantly packed off. A Titan grabs Armin and goes to eat him, but Aaron barely manages to save him, only to be eaten himself. There we go. That's the end. Thank you guys so much for watching. I've been your host. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. But Aaron does die. Uh, <laughs> I remember watching that. I'm just like, God damn. Like, I thought this was going to follow Aaron the whole time. And uh, yeah. I legitimately was like, oh, damn. Okay. So this is one of those animes mm-hmm. where I was shocked. So the fight goes on and hope is nearly lost. The omnidirectional gear that they've been using to maneuver is running out of gas, and it seems finally like all hope is finally gone. As Mikasa continues to fight, as she act, she goes into like almost a rage. Although she like controls her facial expressions, the way she moves and acts, you could tell she is very upset because she finally catches up to Armin and is basically like. Where's Aaron? Where's Aaron? And Armin can't fully talk. And then finally he says a Titan eats him. And then Mikasa just goes like stone cold and was like, listen, we need to get out of here. And it seems like she's taking it rather well. But then like Armin realizes she's using her gas too aggressively. She's fighting all these Titans. Everyone she sees, she's just killing over and over. She's going in like a blood rage. And then... When she gets up to, uh, at one point, her omnidirectional gear runs out of gas and she falls to the streets. Where it looks like she's about to be attacked by a titan. And then she doesn't even, like, run away, like, panic or anything. It's more just, like, acceptance. Because to her, Aaron was pretty much everything. And so she thinks Aaron is gone. And so she's like, well, there's nothing left for me. And then this is when another titan appears. But it's different than the others because this one instead of attacking Mikasa starts attacking the other Titan this is when you start to theorize and like really start to open up the possibilities of like what different Titans there are different Titans and not completely stupid ones because now we have this Titan that's fighting other Titans we have the Colossal Titan we have the Armored Titan and then we have like I guess you could say the Common Titan so now there's layers now we're starting to get into there's a lot of different ones Mm -hmm. and then we watch as these two fightings are fighting each other and then aaron's come Aaron's friends and all that finally get to back together and are kind of just watching this like what is going on because they end up getting trapped in like this watchtower type thing while they're trying to refill their gear and they're trapped, surrounded by titans. But then this strange titan comes back. And they're about to attack him. And Mikasa's like, wait, don't. And we watch as this titan kills everyone. But then all of a sudden the titan collapses. And what do we know? Out comes 
from its neck is Aaron. And it's just like, one, we thought he was dead. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden he's coming out of a Titan. And it's just like, ah. You're like, oh, it's one of those anime. Now, yeah, it's now (laughs) it's one of those anime. It wasn't that anime. It's this anime now. (laughs) And... So the the battle eventually does come to an end when a scout team run by Levi Ackerman shows up and saves the day. But it definitely leaves a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah, that when Aaron pops out, it's just like, mm, okay, I see, I see where this show's going now. But uh, yeah, that was a lot of information condensed down because... I mean, there was this went over a few episodes, so this was a really good summation of the Trost invasion. But it was more of the same when comparing it to the attack on Shingan, uh, Shiganshina. It it basically ran the same way. The only difference here is that the Armor Titan didn't appear this time, and that the kids in question at Shiganshina were victims of the first attack and had the didn't have the ability to defend themselves, whereas this time, they had the ability to defend themselves. But most of them, unfortunately, died this time. So it was more of the same, but it was kind of just fate catching up to those who uh, who managed to get away in the nick of time. One thing I do enjoy about this show is that, aside from a few main characters, like you mentioned earlier, there is very little plot armor. There... I'm, I'm sure as you start watching, you can figure out who the few main characters with plot armor are. But it feels like almost nobody has it. Once a character has had enough time to make an impact on the viewer, they're free game to kill off. I feel like they don't let them die if they're a short-lived character. Like, Well, if they in- have the time to introduce them to us, they're going to give them a little bit of story to make their death impactful. If they're just a death character, you won't really even know who they are. So this gives us enough time to like kind of pull at our, our heartstrings a little bit. But yeah, these were episodes were sort of a repeat of events to see the futile effort that the military put on the first time because we didn't really see it. We saw from Aaron's perspective when he was being escorted away with all the refugees. We didn't get to see all the military putting in efforts to kill the Titans and ultimately dying. But I guess another change of events this time was Levi was in town, so he was able to show up and really give us a sneak peek to an awesome character and pretty OP because he helped protect a lot of characters here. So, as we know now, this information of Aaron popping out of a Titan, that's a pretty big deal when Titans are supposed to be the most threatening thing to human society. So... Having this ability to turn into a Titan causes problems, and the city is basically divided on whether to execute Aaron or use this ability to their advantage. And Levi, being the expert negotiator he is, argues that Aaron's ability could seal the hole in the wall and possibly allow life to continue as normal. And in order to convince the jury to keep Aaron alive, Levi beats the shit out of Aaron like literally just starts kicking his face in to prove that the scouts can keep him under the control because he beat the shit out of him, like knocked his teeth out. And he's like, look, he didn't transform. I think we can keep him under control here. So basically all of Aaron's buddies 
join the scouts despite the li- high likelihood of dying because they're like, well, we're going to stick with Aaron because he's a fucking Titan. So they get their first mission and they head out because their first mission is to seal the hole. So they go marching through the farm field area, that huge expanse of land that is not safe, but they got to do it because it's the only way to get to Shiganshina. So they go out there, they go into this formation that spreads everyone's horses out really far and wide to cover the most distance and avoid Titans easier. So as we've mentioned, this is a show that doesn't go smoothly. So without Titans, this wouldn't be a fun mission. So out of nowhere, another Titan appears. And this one is known as the female Titan. And this shows a high level of intelligence, much like how Aaron did with his Titan ability. So we're once again getting introduced to another intelligent being. And this Titan is just attacking all the flanks. Like it's going to each group and just taking out the entire squad. And as this is happening, Armin is grabbed by the Titan and she removes his cloak because they wear these, these scout hoodies and his hood was up. So the Titan actually removes the cloak, sees that it's not the person she's looking for, and she sets him down, which was very shocking because, as we know, Titans typically want to just kill. So two people, Gene and Reiner, find Armin because most of his squad was taken out. They find Armin, and he tells them, like, or as they're talking, they're trying to figure out what the goal is. They learn that neither of them, Gene, Reiner, and Armin, can agree on where Aaron's location is in the squad. So when they figure that out, they determine that the squad leader, Levi, managed to determine that Aaron will probably be attacked and he is a high-priority target, so let's give everyone false information just in case. So after a game of telephone, we figure everyone's aware of the plan that Aaron is being attacked by a very smart Titan. So Levi actually is like, all right, let's fucking ambush this Titan. And he leads her into a giant forest of trees, which will be a reoccurring location through the series. But this is where he plans on ambushing this Titan who is after Aaron. Yeah, this also was like a very good series of episodes with it kind of gave you more questions, too, because this female Titan pretty much looked almost exactly like Aaron's Titan form. And we could tell it had intelligence. So then it was like, well, then is this someone as well? Is the Colossal Titan, the Armored Titan, all these like variant Titans, are they someone then? Because if they're showing intelligence and they're not just mindless like the other Titans, what's to stop them from like being people who can evolve as well? So it's just like those little tidbits that just kind of plant a seed of doubt or like seed for you to theorize. Maybe not everyone is who they think they are or there's something else going on. And what is going on with that stupid basement? Because I'm pretty sure I think there was a few more flashbacks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's had a few that we just kind of brushed over. But, yeah, the flashbacks keep happening of the basement. I think he had a few of his father again. Basically, he has a key, and it's like, find the basement. It's like, 
All right. What's in it? Because if I remember, if I'm remembering correctly, one of the times the flashback happens is when he's trying to, like, train his Titan form or whatever. He has, like, a, a dream of his father, like, injecting him mm-hmm. with something. And that's what we're led to believe is how he is able to become a Titan. So it's just like, now all of a sudden it's like, well, then these are man-made, right? So what are, like, are these all failed experiments? Except for, like, maybe the intelligent ones? Like, what is going on now? But enough about theorizing. So once we get to these this like dense forest the ambush that they set up sort of kind of works at first she is captured by the ropes but they can't cut they can't like slice her neck because like we said she's intelligent and she she has like this like hardening ability this like crystallization type thing that almost looks like ice and she first she covers like her hands with it and then uh, I think if I'm, I don't remember if they like cut her fingers or something, but I mm-hmm. believe at some point she also like hardens it and their like swords can't break it. And while now they had to come up with like a different plan because it, like I said, it kind of worked. They captured her, but they weren't able to finish her off. So as they're devising a plan, we hear scr- she screams as she's like close of being like almost captured. She screams, and now dozens of titans come flooding in and start eating her titan, her, like, titan form. So now she goes back to her person form disguise and her scout cloaks. So now she's kind of, like, blending in with the team. And so now she starts killing them off as she's a scout. But then, obviously, once she kills a few too many, people are now like, oh kill her she's a fake so as they're attacking her she transformed back into a titan and manages to capture Aaron. but we also get to see levi's skills once again as he manages to quickly defeat the female titan and save Aaron as they begin to retreat back to the wall of course not without many casualties and it was so sweet seeing levi's like slicing her up Oh, it's amazing. Levi is so freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. But, of course, this ultimately means the mission was a failure, and now the government must decide what to do with Aaron. So, after a few days, the scout must go to the capital. But, this is also a perfect opportunity to learn out the female Titan, because Armin pretty much discovers the identity of it, based on all the interactions, the few actually interactions she had with them, the whole, the cloak thing, looking at the hood because only certain people knew of the plan of why they're like dressed in hood. So he knew it had to be someone they know. The fact that he called Aaron by his nickname and she responded to that also implies that she's close to Aaron or knows of Aaron. So he, he ultimately figures out who it is, and now we get to see the plan in action. So he needs some help from some friends. So Aaron calls over Annie, a friend from military training, and asks her to help sneak Aaron out of the capital because 
the capital also, because of everything that happened with the Titan, also kind of wants to, you know, get rid of Aaron. <laughs> and as they are sneaking away, Eamon confronts her about the female Titan and starts asking questions and starts questioning her loyalty because they're trying to go into this, like, deep underground corridor and obviously titans don't like that because they can't really transform in there so then she kind of responds basically admitting she's the titan and although their attempts to stop her from transform transforming she still manages to and she starts killing off people but then aaron transforms and begins to fight now he's fighting her for his friend both now in titan form and of course they're titans so they're kind of while he's trying to stop her they're also a little bit just destroying the city (laughs) killing tens of people yeah just a little bit they're killing like tens of hundreds of people at this point and when annie is finally starting to lose the fight she attempts to retreat by climbing the wall but Mikasa is waiting for her. And due to her little incident with military training and kicking Aaron down during their little sparring, she has a little pent-up anger, <laughs> too. And so she just mercifully cuts off her fingers and just watches her fall. But before she can be captured, she ends up using her hardening ability to crystallize herself to avoid interrogation. It is determined that Annie and Aaron will stay in the scout's custody. But before the season ends, we see a scene of the wall where Annie was climbing and a piece falls off, revealing a colossal titan standing within the wall. Bum, 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 bum. So, of course, this season kind of leaves us with a lot more questions than answers. Like, one is... Like, one question is, they answered about the female Titan, but then they gave us another question of, how did a Titan get in the wall? So they're like, okay, this is Annie, but let's just give him a little bit of information right after this that's going to make him confused. So how are Titans in the walls, for one, which is really weird? Are the walls just going to, like, randomly attack people? Is this, like, something we should worry about? So, like, you can have a bunch of theories about this right after this, and it's just a the show's really good at cliffhangers, so I really like that. But yeah, it was a really good fight scene here because Armin or Armin, Aaron, when he transforms into his Titan, he's kind of getting his shit wrecked at first because he doesn't want to beat the shit out of Annie because that's a friend. He doesn't want to fight a friend, but then he realizes they're killing a lot of people by dragging on this fight. So that's when he got real and just start started curb stomping her and stuff. So it was a you could definitely see the transition click and Aaron found out like it clicked in his head that she is against humanity if she is doing this right now. So it was a really neat transition. One thing we did also. Okay. So this might be a spoiler for season two, which it's not a major spoiler or anything like that, but you know what? I, I think I'm going to save it for season two. Because it has to deal with the Titan in the wall. Mm. I'm, well, now I'm kind of curious. We'll have to... We'll so, have to yeah. 
Oh, uh, no, I think, okay, no, I think I'm safe to say it because I think they explain it in season one because of the whole why they do missions on how they do missions is that Titans are not active during night. Mm, mm-hmm. Right. And so, but not only that, it's it's theorized also the reason they had to quickly cover the hole in the wall What's... is so that the Titan doesn't become active so it's not necessarily that it's like light it's the fact that they can't be in darkness yeah yeah no you're right because that that was right at the beginning of season two they you see them covering it with like some sort of tarp and yeah once nighttime hits it's it's the sunlight that helps them not necessarily the darkness that doesn't when they're in the sunlight they get more active and have the energy and once they're covered in darkness or there's like trees or whatever, that's when they become like lethargic. Which is another reason why I believe they were trying to lure Annie into like the underground. So it would like be effective, I guess, against her. Uh, yeah. Because I, she would be underground. That's one thing. I don't know if that affects the human version of Titans, the ones who can willingly transform. I know it affects the in unintelligent Titans, but um, yeah, and I think that's why a lot of times scouts go out at night and stuff so they can travel. But yeah, I don't think the, I think the underground thing was just more of a confined space so she couldn't transform. Yeah, I think so too. Because even if she did transform, like all the rubble and stuff, probably would have pretty mm-hmm. much like trapped her. So that was the whole reason why it's that, but. It does leave a lot to go, and we did skip some portions and stuff. Like we said, there's some training in there that I do recommend watching because it kind of helps bolster their like respective relationships, and that's also where you get a lot of the memes from. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're a mean connoisseur and you're wondering where certain ones come from, a lot of it did come within the training, and then even in the one of the my favorite ones is when Levi opens the window and he's like covered in his little mask because he's cleaning. <laughs> he's obsessed with cleaning. Yeah, because that was during the training arc where they, Aaron was training to learn how to use his Titan ability, I believe. Yeah, there's pretty good ones. And so we skipped over it because, like I said, it's a training arc. Not much to really discuss they train, they get better. Aaron slowly starts to learn his like how to use his abilities. You find a you start to learn like the different personalities of the different like scout leaders. Who's the what's the do you remember the name of the like pretty much the crazy girl? Hanj, I believe. Hanj? Hanj, yeah. H A N G E. Yeah. I honestly I like her. Yeah, she's, she's fun. one of my favorites. She's a fun one. <laughs> She seems like she would be, like, carefree, but, like, when it comes to, like, time to attack Titans, she has, like, a flip switch, mm-hmm. and she becomes, she's a glass, she's that typical, almost, like, anime with the villain glasses, you get that glare, and she's, like, holding those swords, like, let's have some fun, and I'm just like, okay, note to self, don't make Hanch angry. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, she loves to experiment, so she's a very that's even character. worse. Yeah, she's a very weird character, too, because she, like, really loves Titans. Because at one point, we skipped over it, but 
she had some titans that were captive. Like they captured them. They, she had two of them and she was doing experiments on them, learning about how darkness, cause she covered them in tarps. She learned about how darkness makes them dormant, but she was just trying to figure out the origins of titans and all that. So that was a really interesting. She just really liked them. She talked to them like they were like people or pets or whatever. She just really liked to be around them. And then eventually something killed them. And uh, I think it was this season that this happened. But something, someone killed them. Sure someone killed them. And that showed that there was possibly some sort of co-conspiracy theory going on within the military. And that's why I believe Aaron's information was all mixed up when they did that raid because they're like, okay, something's going on that we're not supposed to be figuring things out. So let's hide Aaron's position in the, in the flank. And yeah, so there's a lot of little minor details that led into certain details that we went over that we just kind of breezed over because um, there's, there's a lot of crossing points within this show. And once again, that's another spot where you get the meme. Who do you think was wrong in this situation? Or he asks a question, and then Aaron's like, what? Sorry, that wasn't a, a thing that wasn't right to ask or whatever. That whole meme template. Mm. I remember yeah. one, of them, <laughs> one of them was like, do you think Naruto uses Shadow Clone Jutsu on Hinata? Oh, and Aaron's like, what? And he's like, sorry, that wasn't you weren't ready for that question yet, or <laughs> whatever he says. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. There's been some pretty good memes that came out of this show. But, um, so, yeah, don't... I actually, I honestly, I enjoyed the training arcs. They're not too long. They're only, like, a few episodes. That's why I suggest you watch them. And, like I said, it helps get the relationship you help like these characters only for them to painfully die so if we broke our hearts you have to <laughs> with us and one thing i'm excited to talk about once we get to attack on titan season four episode is the attention to detail this show has because there, in later seasons there are things that loop back around to season one that are obviously things that you wouldn't pay attention to originally or things that you wouldn't even be able to connect. So it's a really cool thing that I, I'll talk about in the future episode. But we will learn about like... Uh, I, I mean, I can't really say anything without giving spoilers. But yeah, you'll you'll learn the attention to detail that the show has. And how everything kind of loops back. And it's really cool. When we learn about Marco, that that was horrifying. What what one? Marco, the guy that gets eaten half. You'll have to remind me of that one. Okay, I'll remind you after this. Okay. Oh, but it's not really a spoiler because he dies in this season. Okay, I couldn't. Rem- I think I remember. I'll that. let you know. After. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. So we have two questions of the day for you today. So the first one I will say is. If you were transported in the world of Attack and Titan and had to join one of the military corps, which would you choose? Man, I think I would have to choose the scouts just because I would be so bored staying in the cage the entire time. 
as much as dangerous as it is, it would be such a drag. Man. Yeah, I couldn't do the garrison, which is just like pretty much anyone who joined the military. Mm -hmm. And then you have the royal guards or whatever. So you would live a life of luxury, which I could easily see people doing that. But yeah, I would go with the scouts because I feel like even if I were to die, one, I would be outside the wall. So I'd at least get to see it. And honestly, most of the time... Unless it's like a drawn out battle, it seems like the you almost die relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. There are a few instances where the Titans kind of like rip them apart, but like I feel like most of the deaths they pretty much died instantly because they either immediately got like chomped in half or like they just got swallowed whole. Yeah, and it'd be a pretty so. quick one. Even getting ripped in half, I think you'd die pretty quick. Painful yeah, shit. for sure. Um, so my question is, between the Attack Titan, the Armored Titan, the Colossal Titan, and the Female Titan, which ability would you choose? So the Attack Titan is Aaron's Titan, so he's a very combat-oriented one. The Armored Titan is the one that could smash through walls. The Colossal's the massive one. And the Female Titan is the one that Annie had, which really go with hand-to-hand combat and has the hardening ability. So I would think I would go either the Attack Titan or the Armored Titan. I would go female Titan. I like the hardening just because it reminds me of ice. Fair enough. (laughs) She uses it kind of like that. Yeah. I remember a a thing where it's like attack female Titan, use ice punch and attack (laughs) Titan, use fire punch. So pretty accurate. For me, I would, I honestly, I do kind of like the art hardening thing because I feel like if they use it well, it could almost theoretically be better than the armor titan because if she was able to harden and learn to harden just enough she could probably block attacks and then if you make it like a spike almost she could probably pierce the armor titan Mm -hmm. so i think with the potential with that and everything i would also go with that not just because it looks but primarily because of the looks right so let's end it with some facts there actually used to be an Attack on Titan theme park in Japan, but it is now currently closed. Too many Titans must have got loose, I guess. They had to shut that shit down. Uh, so if you wanted to be transported in that world, just go to a theme park. <laughs> the Titans are there! <laughs> um, Levi Ackerman, although he looks rather young in the show, he's actually 30 years old. I thought that to be very interesting, because I would have guessed he was like 20s, mm-hmm. early 20s. Oh, 100%. And then I couldn't find anything to 100% back this claim because it was never mentioned in any interviews. But the similarities are too close not to mention this. So there's a city in Germany called Nordlingen. And this city is possibly the inspiration for the city in Attack on Titan because it's very um, oldish, like kind of like that old style European buildings which appear in attack on titan and it's surrounded by this wall going all the way around and it's just too similar not to see the comparisons between attack on titan and the city so i thought i'd mention that so nordlingen is the one to look up if you guys want to see that that that's actually pretty cool yeah it's a really it's a really neat city like if you just put it in google you'll see uh an aerial view and you can actually see the wall going around it very neat 
Not to mention, there are similarities between Aaron Yeager and Ichigo Kurosaki. Oh, God. And they both <laughs> end up becoming things they hate. And the things they hate end up killing their mothers. You just want, needed to say it. You're... Absolutely. And you put the perfect fact to transition to that perfectly. Ah, man. You're, you're something else. Anyway, <laughs> that'll be it for this episode. So don't forget to show us some love and support on patreon.com slash and of course, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Weebspawn. And you can contact us at Weebspawn at gmail.com. That'll be all from us today. I've been your host, Bobby. And I'm Joshua. And we'll see you guys next time when we Weebspawn. <laughs>